while we remain standing, open your Bibles, please, to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, chapter number 6. Ephesians, chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6, we'll read one verse here, verse number 16, I will read out loud, you read along with me silently, but we'll read together as is our custom here at the Anchor Baptist Church. Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Please go back to the Old Testament, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter number 18. 1 Samuel chapter number 18. 1 Samuel chapter number 18, once you've located that, please look at verse number 11. Verse number 11. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse number 11. The Bible said, And Saul cast a javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of the presence, out of his presence twice. Go to chapter 19, same book, chapter 19, verse number 10. Verse number 10. And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with a javelin, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the, the javelin into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help us please tonight. Dear Lord, I thank you for the prayer. I thank you for this morning's service. I thank you for the quietness of the afternoon. I thank you for the, the talking and rejoicing with each other here in our church services and tonight. Thank you for the choir, how it helps and thrills the heart again to hear multiple voices singing together. Thank you for that. Thank you, dear Lord, for our ladies and our men that get involved in as much as they possibly can. Thank you, Lord. Now, please bless us tonight. Have your way in the church service. Help us to do that which you want us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. think of how he came so far from glory, came to dwell among the lowly, such as I, to suffer shame and such disgrace. On Mount Calvary takes my place. It's then I ask myself this question, who am I? Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would pray, not my will, thine, Lord? The answer I may never know. So that to an old rugged cross he would go, for who am I? When I'm reminded his words I'll leave thee never come to me and I'll give 
Turn to 1 Samuel chapter number 18 again, would you please? 1 Samuel chapter number 18. In Ephesians, 1 Samuel 18 and 19, we read about something maybe you're not familiar with. It's called a javelin. A lot of people don't know what that is. Uh, in the Olympics, they have the javelin thrown. We don't call it that. It's, it's like a spear, a javelin in those days, about five and a half, six foot long, and it like a long shaft, and then it would have a, uh, a steel tip on the end of it, and it was for war. Uh, it was for killing people. It was for throwing and maiming and killing people. Some people used it for hunting also, but it was called a javelin. Today we might call that a spear. A javelin was thrown at David by King Saul three times. Once we find this out in 1 Samuel 18, verse number 11. And then we find out two other times he did the same thing in 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse number 10. King Saul threw a javelin, one of those spear things, one of those five and a half, six foot long steel tip on it, meant to kill an animal or a person. That's what it was for. A javelin was thrown at Jonathan by King Saul. By the way, King Saul was Jonathan's daddy. Come to find out in 2 Samuel chapter number 20, verse number 33, we come to find out that King Saul threw a javelin at his own son. Then we come to find out a javelin was thrown at Absalom. Absalom was David's son, but it was thrown by Joab, David's general, and he threw a javelin at him three times, or it was called a dart. We know the story of King Saul and David, very famous story in the Bible. King Saul, let me refresh your memory here just a little bit, was the first anointed king over God's people, over Israel. It was the child who grew up, Samuel, who actually anointed him and had that privilege of doing that. Now, hold on. When he first started off, before you get all upset with him, he started off very humble. 
very unassuming. They had to actually go and find him. When it was come time to anoint him as king, he was hiding among the stuff, and they couldn't find him. Scared to death. Very unassuming. Very, very kind individual. Big man. Tall man. Head and shoulders above everybody else. And, by the way, a very, very good warrior. Won a lot of battles. Killed a lot of Philistines. And so we find out here, though something happened, he disobeyed God. He disobeyed God and uh, began, and all things began to change. What did he disobey God in? Well, among other things, he tried to assume the priest's position. He decided, because the priest wasn't showing up on time or doing what he thought he should do, I'd just step in and take his place. And as soon as he did that, now this is what would happen to me. As soon as I do something out, I turn my head and there, oh, you got to be kidding me. It's like you do when you're speeding down climbing. You look this way and that. By the way, they'll hide behind that building down there at the Catholic Church. Don't know if you know that. Okay? See, I don't have one of those speed trap things. My wife does on, uh, was it Wise something or that? Ways, that's what it is. Uh, wise Ways, there you go. And uh, it'll say, uh, policeman ahead. And uh, trouble is, she didn't have that on when I got a ticket down in Kentucky. She said, honey, I got this on, on, on was it Ways? Ways. I got to, I said, well, why wasn't it on? I forgot. I bet she doesn't forget it when she's speeding down the road. So what happened was Saul, King Saul, when he disobeyed, and it was brought to his attention because the priest told him so. And by the way, the priest loved him. They weren't enemies at all. He loved the king. And come to find out that he didn't repent. King Saul would not repent of what he did. And so we find out here, this is kind of a, a, a snapshot, if you would, of King Saul. David started off the same way, very humble, young man, unassuming, stocky, not me a lot of me, and uh, stocky, loved King Saul, loved King Saul. King Saul was the man that if David could be like, that's the kind of guy I would like to be like. And so he obeyed God, he loved God, he trusted God. I'm talking about David. We're talking about David. David loved King Saul. He fought for God's people. He fought for King Saul. He beat Goliath. He killed many a Philistine. David, in my opinion, was one of the most well-balanced men in all of the Bible. When you read about the details of David's life, you talk about a balanced man. I think he is the example of what we're all supposed to be, men. Balanced men. He could sing, write poetry, and whoop up on people. He wasn't a bully and shoved his way through and didn't think about people. He also knew how to treat a lady. He knew how to sing. He knew how to play instruments, and yet he knew how to take on a fight. So this is a balanced man. Then we see Saul in his life, things begin to change. Things begin to change in, sin, in, in Saul's life, one thing after another. Now Saul looks at David, this lover of Saul, David. Saul looks at him and says, he's after my throne. He, he's getting all the praise. I can't have this happen. So he begins to look at David, and he and something stuck in Saul's mind and in his heart. He couldn't let it go. So one day he throws a javelin at David. The whole time they're talking, he's eyeing him. You know how you do in church services. You know how you sit there and keep going. And if you had a javelin in your hand, could get by with it. King Saul, whatever he decided to do, nobody's going to question. But thank the Lord, David was quick enough to move out of the way and is stuck into the wall. So we come to find out here, all these things are going on, and it seems like King Saul is kind of like instrumental in all of this. I want to describe to you tonight how to handle javelin throwers. I want you to listen very, very carefully to me tonight. Go to 1 Samuel chapter number 18. You should already be there. Look at verse number 8. And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him, and he said, now they were singing uh, one of the top five hits in the country at the time, and it was about, it seemed like David was the subject. Oh, Saul's name was in there, but it was, you know, I mean, he, he had it together. And so what he was doing, they were singing. And all the women, ooh, you want to get guys fired up, just have women side with one over the other. I like him, I'm not crazy about him. You know, oh, he's ugly, I really like him, he's cute. You know, this kind of thing. Well, they were singing. They were singing to David. And they were singing. They were just singing out loud. They were just rejoicing. All the Philistines were getting beat. Saul's army and everything was growing up. But he didn't like that. He got jealous. He started striving. 
Something happened in his heart and in his mind. And now he's eyeing David. Look at verse number 8 of chapter number 18. And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands. Now, David loved you, King Saul. He's like, man, that guy's on my side. That's not what he did. But, th- but uh, uh, to, and to me, they have ascribed but thousands. That's pretty good. Thousands? Are you kidding me? Look, if I could get one, I'd be good. One got thousands, one got ten thousands, but it's stuck in his head. It's stuck in his heart. And watch what happens here. And uh, what what else more can he have than my kingdom? I know what this guy's after. Oh, he, he's getting close to me because he wants my kingdom. See, they're all singing about him already. He might as well be the king. Look at the next verse. And Oh, that don't look good. No pun intended. Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it came to pass on the morrow that an evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst in, in the midst of the house. And David played with his hand. He's talking about David was using his hand uh, as at other times. And they come to find out, you want to calm Saul down, play nice music. By the way, that I really do you know, ma'am, if you happen to be pregnant, you need to listen to the right kind of music in your home because what affects you is going to affect the baby. Same thing in the church goofy preachers. You think you can just let the church service run itself and you'll come out and give a 15-20 minute oration that's not even really preaching and, and you've done your part. Your, your part is to watch over the church. The whole church and nothing but the church. So help you God. Amen. Now, so look what happens here. And Saul, go down to verse number, and David uh, played with his hand as at other times and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. Now, Joe, King Saul's listening to all this. He's just watching David. David is singing his heart out. He's playing his musical instrument. He's there soothing Saul, but nothing's calming him down. He's raging, man. I mean, he's upset. And Saul cast a javelin, for he said, I will smite David to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence. In in, in 1 Samuel chapter 18, what's what's wrong with people that do stuff like this? Well, we come to find out he was very mad about something. Also, he was very displeased about something. So we come to find out one thing that's wrong with javelin throwers. They're upset about something. They're very displeased about something. In other words, he was angry and offended. Look at verse number 9. He said he eyed David. You know what that means? He watched him. You know you know how you do. Right? We'll say church down the street. Uh, you know how you do it even at work. There they go again. What are you doing in, in, in the boss's office? him better than he likes me. It's not like little kids, doesn't it? And so what happened was the Bible said that the king of Israel, the king of God's people, couldn't get his eyes off of watching. What's he going now? What's he doing now? Who's he talking to now? What's going on over there now? What were you talking about over there? This is what he kept doing. So we come to find out in verse number 19, said he eyed David. Because of jealousy and envy, verse number 7, Saul could no longer see straight could no longer control himself. May I remind you of something in Proverbs chapter number 6 and verse number 34? For jealousy is the rage of a man. It's the rage of a man. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of judgment. When he finally gets an opportunity, he's not, he not he pulling out all the stops. He's going for it. That's what happened to Saul. He's just sitting there with his spear in his hand. What that David thought about? David didn't think about it. David, the Bible said, charity thinketh no evil. He's just singing and hoping that it would help Saul out. Next thing he knows, he see the spear coming at him. Thank the Lord he was fast enough to get out of the way. And so when a man's clear vision is obstructed and blurred by jealousy, he no longer sees his friends, his friends in a good light. David was his friend. David had several opportunities to kill him and said, I'm not going to do that. He loved, he loved King Saul. Saul used to love David. They used to be good friends. They used to be fighters together. They used to watch over God's people together. Number three, go to 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse number 10. Look what he has to say here. And it came to pass on the morrow that an evil spirit from God came upon Saul. Now, before you get upset, it's not like God made him this way. Let me explain here in a minute. So number three, an evil spirit came upon Saul. He lost his sweet spirit. There was a time when Saul was the man. He, he really was. He's a great guy, very humble. 
He didn't mean to be taller than everybody else. God kind of made him that way. And uh, he thought, God, if you want me to lead, I will, but I don't think I can do this job. And God was with him. And the first year or two, he was doing a pretty good job. Everybody liked him. Everybody admired him. And the Bible said, when thou was little in thine own eyes. See, something went wrong. And all of a sudden, he thought he could do the preacher's job too. But I don't have nothing tough about that. I can do that job. And so he stepped out of line with God, and all he had to do, the same with Cain, the same with Adam and Eve, the same with David, the same with Saul, just go to God and tell him you did wrong, get things right. But he wouldn't let it go. So he lost his sweet, yielded, humble spirit and attitude with God. And by the way, when you're empty, your flesh, the world, and the devil is going to fill that up. When you lose your sweet spirit, you're not just empty. Something's going to fill that up. Well, I'm not for it against it. Yes, you are. Well, I don't think I am, or maybe I am. No, you are. He lost his sweet spirit, the spirit God gave him, and immediately he had an evil spirit. Now, whether God sent this to him and made him this way, well, I find that hard to believe, or that he allowed the devil to fill him with that, either way, he had a bad attitude. He had a real bad spirit, Satan. And, and so uh, either way, it was because Saul's refusal to follow God and obey. It was that easy. Folks, listen to me, please. It is that easy. It is that easy to get a bad attitude. It is that easy to get an evil spirit. It is that easy to become jealous. It is that easy to see a friend as an enemy. A friend as an enemy. Husbands and wives do it. The very person you married and say, I love you, now is your worst enemy. It's your worst nightmare. And we always blame it on other people. Saul now, Saul's sour, retaliatory spirit turned against him, who was at one time his favorite friend. You ever wonder how in the world that happened? Can I help you something? Instead of finding out the details, live by the principles and truths of the Bible. Number four. We're talking about what is wrong with javelin throwers. Number four. Saul was afraid of David. You won't believe why he's afraid of David. You ready for this? The Bible said because the Lord was with him. Are you kidding me? King Saul, you're, you're, you're watching over God's people. Those are God's people. God talks to you. You have a preacher right close to you that God talks to. And all of a sudden, you're scared of David because God's with him? Do you know why he's so scared about that? Because he wasn't with, with, with Saul anymore. Let me help you understand a couple things here. The king, the powerful authority, the ruler, head and shoulders above everybody else, was afraid of David. He was afraid because the Lord was with David, but he was also afraid because God was no longer with Saul. God wasn't with Saul anymore. But he was with David. Saul knew that. And that made him afraid of David. You and I, that doesn't make sense at all, does it? When one is out of God's will and has lost the power of God, they become angry with you and intimidated by your walk with God and how God's using you and not them. Think about it. Just think about some experiences maybe you've had in your lifetime. Saul had the position, but he lost the power. Saul had the position. He's still king. But he had no more power. Actually, it should have been King Saul that took on Goliath. He was closer to Goliath's side, but he lost power. He lost his confidence. He lost his ability. He lost what he was able to do. He was double-minded now. He had things that God never intended him to have. He lost the things that God gave him. He's not about ready to go out there and fight a giant. David, short, ruddy, reminds me of me. Strong, good-looking, you know, that kind of stuff. Saul was very visible all the people, but he lost his vision. He couldn't see past his own anger. He couldn't see past his own jealousy. He couldn't see God was right there and wanted to help him. He lost all of that. So what is wrong with javelin throwers? Number five, every good rumor or success caused an evil to rise up again in Saul. Every oh, there goes David. Oh, yeah, they're saying about David again. Oh, David killed more Philistines again. Oh, David's a great player of music again. He just couldn't, he couldn't let it go. Couldn't let it go. Jealousy's a bad thing. I want you to look at 1 Samuel 18, verse 15. Go down to verse 15. 
Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved, he's talking about David, behaved himself wisely. Now, that's something to be upset about, isn't it? Oh, look at him. He thinks he's up like he does everything right. Can't you almost hear that? He behaved himself wisely. Well, isn't that what you'd want if somebody's working for you? I mean, if you were the king and had somebody like that in your court, wouldn't you go like, yeah, he works for me? But no, the Bible said he behaved himself wisely and, and, and he was afraid of him. David was behaving himself like he should, and Saul was afraid. You know why? Saul was not behaving himself wisely. Now go down to verse number uh, 25. Same chapter, verse number 25. And Saul said, Thus shall you say to David, The king desireth not any dowry, but an hundred foreskins of Philistines to be avenged of the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. David, uh, uh, Saul promised his daughter to a person and wanted David. He said he didn't want David and his family. He thought, man, what an opportunity to get David out of the way. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to challenge him by himself to go out and get me a hundred foreskins of Philistines. They had to kind of kill him before you do that. And so he, he went out there and came back with more than that. And guess what Saul did? Now he's really upset. Man, I thought they was going to get him out of the way by telling that story and, and ruining his life and sending him out. He'll die for sure. But he didn't. He came back even a greater victor and just infuriated King Saul. Once in, in, Go down to verse number 29. Verse number 29. And Saul was yet more afraid of David. And Saul became David's enemy continually. Now we're just here and there, and they're singing a song, and okay, kill a bunch of guys. Now it's all the time. He can't get it out of his head. Can't get it out of his heart. That's a terrible way to live, isn't it? Isn't that terrible? I gotta watch him. Gotta keep an eye on him. Gotta watch him. Oh, what are you doing now? What are you talking about? Did you see that? How come you look that way? You ever do that? It just drives you crazy. Once an evil spirit begins to lead a man, once an evil spirit begins to lead a man, listen, he must ruin, injure, or destroy the good in others and the way they're living. Remember the Pharisees with Jesus Christ? You know what aggravated them more? He was smarter than them. And he had power. You know what they were? Jealous. Jealous. Jesus didn't go around saying, I'm smarter than you are. Watch me. Ask me any question. He didn't do that. They hated being shown up. Jesus didn't go there to show anybody up. He went about doing good. That's all that he did. You have to understand, folks, listen to me. We are in a world where the world, the flesh, and the devil hate you being here. Every time you do good, okay, we're here this year uh, reading our Bible, right? Read your Bible. Pray, right? Go to church. Let's everybody get involved. Did you forget when you do that, the devil's coming after you? Do you understand that those that are barely putting up with you are really not going to like you at this point on? Do you understand that? Do you know why? The devil has got to tear you down. He can't let you go on and keep growing in strength. He can't allow that. So King Saul saw David going at it, and he said, i got to put a stop to this. First thing he does is pick up a javelin and try to nail him to the wall. Cain and Abel, same thing. Can somebody tell me what Abel did wrong? He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. Then why did Cain kill him? Because Abel, in my opinion, was a reminder, you didn't do what's right. So when somebody backslides, when somebody's not living right, and you say, look, man, I want you to do it. They get angry. They get upset with you. Just the reminder that they need, are not doing right just infuriates them. And if you don't give in with them, they don't like you a whole lot. Number six, what's wrong with a javelin thrower? Saul became angry with anyone who sided with David. Saul did not take it as though others were just friends with David, not my friends. That's not what he did. If you side with him, you hate me. If you side with him, you're my enemy. If you side with him, you don't know what you're doing. If you side with him, I can't have you around. Uh, there are some churches, they call excommunicate people. They call them Baptist people because they don't know their Bible very well. They're, they excommunicate people. 
In other words, uh, and they used to have, uh, what was it called? Um, if you're a friend of that person who's a friend of that person that we kicked out of church, then all of you need to go to it. You know what that is. Everybody had to be kicked out. A church I used to go to on another planet long, long ago. The guy there, because he was absolutely jealous of the previous preacher, told everybody, if you listen to his sermons, if you read his books, if you still try to stay in contact with them, you have to leave this church because you're against us. By the way, there's no Bible for that. If you're friends with him, you're against me. So, preacher, where do you get that at? First Samuel chapter 19, look at verse number 12. First Samuel 19, verse number 12. Here's Michael, I believe that's the way, Michael, I believe is the way you meant to say her name. David's wife. Now, wait a minute. This was Saul's daughter. It was his fault they got married. He challenged David, and David said, I'll take that challenge. He met and exceeded the challenge and married, he didn't know it was his enemy, his enemy's daughter. You get somebody in your family going, how in the world is that? Anyway, uh, so what happened? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, and so 2 Samuel chapter 19, go down to verse number 12. And so Michael let David down through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. Saul sent out men, found out that David was at Michael's house, and said, you surround that place and you kill him. They found out about it. Watch what happens here. And Michal uh, took an image and laid it in the bed and put a pillow of goat's, goat's hair for his bolster. That would be like his pillow. It looked like his head and body was there. And covered it with a cloth. And when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, he's sick. He, he can't come. He's, he's sick. He's in the bed. He's sick. So watch what happened. They go back and tell King Saul. He tells him, pick up the whole bed and bring him here. Watch what it says. And Saul sent messengers again to David saying, bring him to me in the bed that I may slay him. He ain't giving up. I don't care if he's sick or not. He's a dead man. And when the messengers were come, behold, there was an image in the bed and a pillow of goat's hair for his bolster. And Saul said to Michal, now I'm saying this is his daughter, why hast thou deceived me so and sent away mine enemy? He's not even hiding it anymore. That he has escaped. And Michal answered Saul, now this is his daddy, remember that. And said unto, he said unto me, now she's lying. Let me go, why should I kill thee? David never said that. What's she supposed to say? Her dad is on a terror right now. He is destroying and throwing javelins at everybody because he no longer can see straight. His heart is not right with God. And by the way, when you do things like that, you're not right with God. You cannot be right with God and don't care who you destroy or who you nail to the wall. Go to second, go to First Samuel chapter 20. Now that, that was Michal. That was David's wife, Saul's daughter. Go to, verse, to chapter 20. Go down to verse number 30. Chapter 20, verse number 30. And Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. Now this is King Saul's son, his favorite son, the one who should be taking over the kingdom next. He gets so mad, he even curses Jonathan's mother. Watch what happens here. And Saul was angry against Jonathan, and he said unto him, Thou son of a perverse, rebellious woman. Now what has she got to do with it? <laughs> He's cursing his mother. That's pretty bad. He's really getting out of shape here right now. He said, uh, do, not, do not I know that thou hast chosen. See, he's friends with David, so Jonathan, my own son, must be against me too. Hey, can I say, when you get on your friend's website, y'all talk about each other? Is that what you do? Well, if you're friends with them, I'm unfriending you. Well, if I'm not your best friend, now I'm unfriending you. I'm not sure how that happens. I, honestly, I have no idea how that happens. You have to ask my wife about that. I don't know how. Okay? So watch what happens here. Go down to verse number 31. Uh, and here's what he says. He, he curses his mother, a son of Jesse, and unto uh, thy confusion of thy mother's nakedness. He said, for as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not establish nor thy... Uh, 
shall not be established nor thy kingdom. Wherefore now send and fetch him for me, for he shall die. And Jonathan answered, now this is his daddy, Saul, his father, and said unto him, Wherefore shall he be slain? What has he done, Dad? What's he done? You know, that's a good question when people start gossiping and stuff. Instead of going by your feelings, just whatever they say, just go like that. What did he do? But can I say something? You don't need to know that. When somebody's acting this way, you don't need to know the details. Do you? Hey, you said no. God bless your heart. One brave person in the whole crowd. And Jonathan says, what has he done? Watch, watch. Verse 33. And Saul cast the javelin at him. Well, I can see you're not my friend either. Seriously? Whereby Jonathan knew that it was determined of his father to slay David. First Samuel chapter 22. So now we have Michael. Now we have Jonathan. Both of these are his kids. Go to chapter 22. Go down to verse number 13. Chapter 22, verse number 13. And Saul said unto him, Why have ye conspired against me, thou and thy son of Jesse, in that thou hast given him bread and a sword, and hast, and hast, requi- hast inquired of God for him, that he should rise up against me and lie in wait? Half of this is not even true. We're talking about the priest, uh, uh, Ahimelech, and he stopped by. You know, David's on the run. He's, he's running away from Saul because he doesn't want to fight the guy. He loves him. So on his way out of town, he didn't have time to pack or grab any armory or nothing. So he goes out here, and here's the priest, and where they're staying, and he says, is there anything here to eat? Well, we have some bread that we normally uh, offer up to God that's changed out every day. Yeah, you can have that. And he asks him, he says, is there any weapons here? One. Sword of Goliath. There's not another sword like it anywhere. And David said, I'll take it. So now Saul comes along. He's chasing David, David said, look, I'm a flea, I'm a dog. What, why are you wasting your time with me? So he's chasing him, and he finds this priest, and he said, David, stop by here. As a matter of fact, he did. Watch, innocence. And he said, why have you sided with him, and why have you fed him, and why have you given him counsel? He said, King Saul, he's your man. Why wouldn't I help him? I don't know. See, see, he's not even involved in this, but King Saul thinks he is involved in this. King Saul gets upset, thinks the priest is lying to him. He's not lying to him. He said, isn't David your best guy? Well, you, you didn't want me? I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Read the story. Saul, in his anger, see, it's all welling up. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. He don't care now who he kills, who he destroys. I want somebody to step up and kill all these priests. His men wouldn't do it. They stood and said, we can't do that. These are God's men. We can't do that. And then there was an idiot in the crowd by the name of Doeg. And there's always one who said, I'm not afraid. Oh, you think I'm afraid of the preacher? I'll do this. Sure enough, he went and slaughtered Ahimelech and all his priests. Because Saul was angry with one man. And because he couldn't get to that one man, anybody that associated with him, there are other times when javelins or darts, if you would, have been used. In 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse 14, Joab kills Absalom with three darts. Javelins, if you would, they're called darts. He throws them at him. Joab thought because Absalom was going against his daddy, Joab was, was uh, uh, David's general. He sends them all out and says, look, don't do my son any harm. Joab says, you're too emotionally involved, if you would, I'll take care of things for you. So they finally find Absalom hanging by his beautiful hair in an oak tree. That's what it was, too. Got to tell you right there, don't grow long hair, fellas, get you in trouble. Joab's men find him. Joab didn't find him. His men found him, and they didn't kill him. Joab was furious. Why didn't you kill him? He was furious because he keeps trying to overthrow David, and that's Joab's king. He said, well, you hurt David. David said, don't you touch him. Oh, hogwash, what's the hog? We're going to anyway. So he gets back and throws three darts or spears, javelins, into him. These are the times and others that the Bible talks about, about darts or javelins. Joab disobeyed, was angry, 
He wanted vengeance. Now listen to me. When you are angry, upset, and want something to be done, and it's not being done, we do very foolish things. Anyone who throws darts for any of these reasons is not being used of God, period. You don't need to know the details. Okay, if you knew no details and you said King Saul threw darts at David and his son and his daughter, if there's any reason for that. Is that what you would think? You and I think, what a dumb thing to do. Why? That's I'm, I, no, that, that can't be right. That's, that would be my thinking. Go to Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6, way up in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. Look at verse number 16, one of our text verses. We're talking about darts. We're talking about javelins, Right? Just to kind of carry you along in this thought, look what it says in verse number 16, fiery darts of the wicked. You never find where there are good darts of the godly. There's no such thing. Even nice people throw javelins once in a while. It doesn't say that. No place in the Bible. So, number one, what is wrong with javelin throwers? I just gave you a bunch of points. Number two, how to handle javelin throwers. Now we know why they act the way they do. What do we do about it? Go to 1 Samuel chapter number 19. Go back to 1 Samuel chapter number 19. 1 Samuel chapter number 19. You know, I hate to keep saying this. One of these days I won't be here. Uh, you know, don't, don't look up like that, huh? Uh, I have no plans yet. I have no plans. Uh, you have to understand, one of these days, you're going to have to learn how to act according to Bible and not your feelings or your friends. You're going to have to learn to do what God said because God said it. You understand? Okay, good. Now, uh, how to handle javelin throws. In 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse number 10, look at the very last part from there. It said, David fled and escaped. You want to know how to handle people trying to nail you to the wall? Avoid them. I know that's not our character. Well, they're not telling the truth. Okay, so you know that. Avoid them. David, in, in, in chapter 19, verse 10, David fled and escaped. If you go to chapter number 18, verse number 11, the second part there, David avoided out of his presence twice. David could have beat Saul. David could have beat Jonathan. David beat Goliath. David was one tough, ruddy guy that could take on just about anybody. And he had a whole bunch of guys around him just, just as bad as he was. Bad meaning good. Can good be bad? Yeah. So what happened here is simply this. Avoid means keep your distance. Look it up. Avoid. Look at me, Christian, who thinks you can help people that are rebelling. God doesn't say, who knows, maybe you're that special person that can help. There's no Bible for that. What it does say is avoid, and avoid means to keep a distance. It means to withdraw. Turn to Proverbs chapter number 22. Proverbs chapter number 22. The apostle Paul was worried. He said, upon my departure, grievous wolves shall come in, not sparing the flock. Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter number 22. I'll show you an amazing thing. I started writing some things down about a week ago uh, about, because I forget sometimes, why is it I act the way I do or uh, react the way I do or think the way I do? Well, over 50-some years, there, there's a lot of Bible has been put in there. And I almost forget sometimes, where did I learn that from? Uh, or, or like you, I've just always been that way. Uh, I haven't been. So watch what it says in chapter 22, verse number 24. Are you there? Watch what the wise parables say. Make no friends with an angry man. Do you have a King James Bible? And with a furious man, thou shalt not go. No period, no period. Why not? Lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. God is warning. It's the same thing he does about Egypt in the world. Well, why can't I go out? No, he said, look, you can't handle it. So as soon as you get saved in Egypt, get out of there. Why? Because you can't handle the world. What do you think he's saying here right now? 
Okay, I want you to go to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. Go down to verse number 9. Proverbs 29 and verse number 9. How many of you, you're pretty wise, you know your Bible pretty good? Okay, no time to be humble. Okay, David Chris, first one, raise his hand. Yes, I know the whole thing. Um, verse number 9. If a wise man contendeth, that means argue or fight, with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there's no rest. You're not going to get what you're after. Does that make any difference if, if, he, if he, he acts like he likes it or he's upset? You're not, it's not going to turn out right. Now, look, folks, God knows what he's talking about. So quit trying to outthink God. Well, yeah, but I'm their best friend and I might be able to help. I'm sorry, there's, look, there's two Bibles, right? One for everybody else and one for you and your family. No, there's not. There's one Bible, and that's the way it goes. Today, we do not have literal javelins uh, trying to kill us, right? Okay, good. So much better. But just as deadly are words and rumors and stories. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. It sounds like a javelin. Death and life is in a javelin. Death and life is in the tongue. Proverbs 12, 18, there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. Speaketh. Talk about words. Oh, it cuts coming and going. So number one, how to handle javelin throwers? Number one, first and foremost, avoid them. Number two, do not defend yourself. You will not find where David defended himself other than going like this. What did I do wrong? If, if I know what I did wrong, I'd straighten it up. That's all that he did. David was in the right. David did nothing wrong to deserve these attacks by the very one that he loved. The very person that he loved was attacking him. He didn't understand this. Is that the way you are when people attack you? It's like, what? what what's going on? I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I thought we were friends. When did this go bad? Okay, Here, here's your illustration. David and King Saul. Fundamentalist, quit trying to outthink me about whom I'm talking about. I'm instructing you on how to handle problems that are going to come up in your life. That's, that's all I have in mind. Listen to me very carefully here. So what happened is, is this. David didn't try to defend himself. He helped bring victory into other people's lives. These same people that he helped to bring victory to, these same people that he defended, the same people he laid his life down on the line, the same people that he loved, yet he did not take vengeance nor defend himself. David never did that. He's running out of his own kingdom with his own son and half of Israel chasing him. He said, I'm not fighting him. I'm not going to do it. When it came to King Saul, he even had several opportunities. He got so close, he cut off a piece of Saul's skirt. That's what they call it. David felt so guilty and felt that he embarrassed the king. He listened to a friend of his who actually, even at that time, said, hey, David, I'll take care of my guy. I don't have much to do right now. You know what David said? I will not touch God's anointed. We've kind of lost that, haven't we? You see, God says, vengeance is mine. I shall repay. I don't care what your excuse is, don't care what you're facing. You have no right to attack and throw javelins and kill other people. Now you listen to me. I don't care what the excuse is. You have no right to do that. Isaiah said of Jesus, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Somebody tell me what Jesus did wrong. He didn't say anything. He said that he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is done. So he opened not his mouth. Your Savior set the example of when people are attacking and they're all wrong. Just be quiet. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 26. Come back to 1 Samuel chapter number 26. 1 Samuel chapter 26. 1 Samuel 26, go down to verse number 9. Here, David is talking to one of his mighty men. An opportunity has come up that they can actually take. So actually, David probably could have done it at the same time he wanted to. But here's what he said. And David said to Abishai, destroy him not. Now, he's talking about King Saul. 
opportunity opened for David to turn the tables and to destroy one of God's people. You say, he's not doing right. One of God's people. David never used any of his sword, any of his weaponry, any of his men to fight against God's people. You are wrong on every hand to do such a thing. Watch what he says. Destroy him not. For who can stretch forth their hand against God's anointed and be guiltless? Nobody. Nobody. Watch. David said, furthermore, here's your answer. Here's your answer. Look at what it says. David said, furthermore, he's just going to let the Lord handle it. Watch what he says. The Lord shall smite him. Leave that up to God. Or the day shall come and he'll die. Old age, accident, who knows what will happen. Or he shall descend into battle and perish. But David said, I'm not getting involved in this. My best friend is not talking me into it. I am not going to do it. And he's trying to destroy me, and I'm not going to act like him. I like David. So we find out here how to handle, javelin, avoid, do not defend self. Number three, pray and trust God. Now, we say we do, but our actions say we're not. I didn't say just pray. I said obey. Now, people in this room are very, very uh, accountable because you know a lot, a lot of Bible. Yes, you do. Whether you realize it or not, you've been taught a lot of Bible. So watch what happens here. Pray and trust God. Javelins are being thrown at you. Your name is being slandered personally or because you've defended somebody else. What do you do? It's unfair. Uh, it's unjust. It's not true. Set the record straight. Prove them wrong. Explain it to everybody. Hey, Lord, let's explain it to everybody. You know what you're doing? You're throwing logs on the fire is all you're doing. The deeper you get into it, I had somebody years and years ago, years, another church far, far away, and uh, they said this. You know what they're saying about you? First of all, don't tell me what people are saying about me. I'd like to get to the place like my wife and thinking everybody loves me. I don't know how she pulled that off. That's never worked for me. I always approach it like, yeah, I think everybody's got it in for me. And I got a couple of people I think like me still. So what happens here is simply this. We want to say, but it's unfair. It's unjust. I can prove them wrong. I can explain to everybody the real story. You know what you need to do? You just need to pray and trust God. You just need to pray and trust God. Go to Psalm chapter 71. Psalm 71. Let me show you what I'm talking about here. Again, we're talking about David. Watch what happens here. In Psalm 71, just in case, folks, listen to me. The Bible has the answer for what's going on in your life. I'm too bad to read. Well, okay. Look at verse number one. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in my righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto He's praying. He's praying. What's he praying so desperately? Save me. Be thou my strong habitation, wherein I am continually, I can continually resort. Uh, thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art a rock and fort and my fortress. Deliver me, O God, out of the hand of the wicked and out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. David saying, God, I'm coming to you. You've got to handle this. It's not that David couldn't. David was a tough guy. But watch what he says next. For thou art my home. Not the internet. Okay, can I help you with something? There's a verse, in, I'm not sure if it's in this message. I can't find it right now. I'll get, I may get back to it. Who knows? Now, verse number six. By thee I, ha, I have been holding up. He said, God, it's only because of you since, since the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall continually be with thee. I am as, I, I am as a wonder to many. But thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with praise. Look, just go on. Keep serving the Lord. Just give God his praise. Just let it go. Let it go. Pray and, and do what God told you to do. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. For mine enemies speak against me, and they uh, lay wait uh, for my soul and take counsel, saying, God hath forsaken him. Persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver. That's the way David felt. David said, this is what they're saying. God, they're saying you don't care about me anymore. I trust you. 
I'm bringing my prayer to you because you are the one that will deliver me. Oh, God, be not far from me. Oh, my God, make haste to help me. Let them be. Now, he turns the whole tables around. David is not going to do this. He's saying, God, here's, here's, here's what would help. Uh, you take care of things. You confound them. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor. Verse 14, but I will hope continually and will set praise and it will, set, it will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth righteousness, thy righteousness and, and thy salvation all day, for I know not the number thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of the righteous, even thine, O Lord. O God, thou hast taught me in my youth. Hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. And now that I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have shown the, thy, thy strength, thy strength. And this, show God, show other people the way God really wants to work in a person's life. God gave you no right for vengeance, none. We have children whose parents say, I'll tell you, I won't go any farther now. I'm going to let them have it. Way to teach your children. That's a great thing to do. David was one of the mightiest men of that day and said, I'm not handling this. God, I'll pray to you. You can handle it the way you want to because that's your business. That is your man. That is one of your kids. I am not going to go about it this way. Go to Psalm 64. Go backward. Psalm 64. Verse number one. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsels of the wicked, from the insurrection, uh, yeah, insurrection of the workers of iniquity who wet their tongue, sharpen, sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows and shoot their arrows, even bitter words. David's telling God, you hear all that, right? You know what they're doing. It's not real swords, not real bows. They want to kill me with words. Are you listening? You know when you're really going to pay attention to this? When it's you. Watch what he says. They, that they may shoot. Now he said they're, they're sharpening their bows and, and they're getting all these bitter words that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Not meaning perfect like they never do anything wrong. Perfect like they're exactly where God wants them. Suddenly do they shoot at him and not fear. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They continue lying snares privately. They say, who shall see? They search out iniquities and, 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 and they accomplish a diligent search. Both the inward thought and every one of them in heart is deep. God shall shoot at them with an arrow. David didn't say he was going to. He said, God, take care of this. Suddenly shall they be wounded. Now that's not what David wanted, but David knew God. So shall they uh, make their own tongue fall upon themselves. All shall see them and flee. And all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God. For they shall, be wise, they shall wisely consider of his doings. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him. And all the upright in heart shall glory. There's nothing more attractive than someone suffering wrongly and not doing anything about it. You know why you really see that? Because it's when everything is not right that you have to. One of the hardest things for us to do is shut your mouth. I'm sorry, we don't gossip. Preacher, I never said a word. Oh yeah, you did. Right? David said it wasn't the sword, it wasn't the spear, it wasn't the javelin. Though those have been thrown. It's their words. Privately, they all get together and say, and you're a part of that by listening? Do you know gossip has to stop at the ear that will not listen? By you listening, you're a gossip. You're encouraging them by going, really? wonder why they would do that. That doesn't make sense. Are you sure about All you're doing is saying, keep talking. Keep talking. Keep talking. I know when all this will change. When it's you next time. David said, what did I do wrong? What did I do? And then Jonathan, what did Jonathan do? He said, oh no, David's my friend. He didn't do anything wrong. His own wife. What, I mean, what are you supposed to do? She even lied for him. Oh, and daddy got upset. Not because she lied. Because she didn't set David up so he could kill him. You don't set people up to get him killed. 
It's wrong to do. So what happens here is this. Uh, next, number four. It takes faith to put out the fire. It takes faith to put out. You can feel it welling up in you, right? The more you hear it, the more it's burning. The more you get angry, right? There you are listening, watching online, doing whatever you're doing, right? I don't know who I'm talking to, but you do. I can tell by the quietness when I say that. There should have been a rousing amen. No, no, don't do it now. The darts, go to Ephesians chapter 6, 16 if you want to. The darts will be sent with deadly accuracy. The shield of faith will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The darts are on fire to ignite the fire in us. Don't you understand that? There's a reason that these thoughts are coming into your head. Thoughts by themselves can't do much, but if they get you on fire, it'll burn you up. James chapter 3, verse number 6, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the very course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. I'm not talking about a sword, I'm not talking about a javelin, I'm talking about our tongue. Okay, so I'm just one of those people that talk too much. You know what you just told everybody? I don't know how to control me. And the Bible said the tongue is a little member. It's like it's like a helm on a on a ship. Like is that the stern wheel? Stern wheel. Stern wheel. We call it stern wheel on a ship, I don't think. Ben? It's, I don't care if it's this big. An aircraft carrier is like blocks and blocks long. So it's small to run that big ship. And they just do this. That thing begins to turn. Or you take a strong horse. You put a bit in its mouth. You know why? Make it move. One piece of metal right through here, one way or another, and that horse will just turn. Oh, I think that's cruel. Yeah, you don't know your Bible. And so what happens was that they just turn it. That powerful animal with one tug, with a bit. You know the Bible said our tongue is that way? It's a little member such great damage. We make all the excuse in the world for it. We say things. Look, if you do this all the time, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, that came out wrong. You know what you need to do? Shut up. You talk too much. You may want to unfriend about 400 of your best friends. How do you, how do, how do you have 400 best friends? 400 best friends? 600 best friends. Oh, you have a 1,000 best friends. They're not your best friend. And you send stuff out and tell them what? We went out and had a cheeseburger. Really? Everybody in the world wants to know that? Minus onion. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm waiting for that one right there. Now, honestly, if that's the worst that ever happened, we'd be okay. But it doesn't stop there. You know it. So James said the tongue, the devil causes fiery words to be thrown at us to set our nature on fire, to get us out of control. There's only one thing that can quench those fiery darts. Faith. The shield of faith. That which you have been taught. I'm teaching you a lot tonight. You want to stop yourself from catching on fire? You're being played. You're being played by people that are not living right, which you should have already caught on to. Number two, the devil is throwing fiery darts into your brain and burning you up, and you know you can't hardly control yourself at times, but you don't recognize what's going on. We can only stop the fire in us by quenching the fiery darts thrown at us so that our fleshly nature does not burn in us. Let me say it again. We can only stop the fire in us by quenching the fiery darts thrown at us so that our nature does not burn in us. That's, that's what it's meant to do. Set you on fire. On a bad fire. And then finally, number five. Do good in return. Oh, this is, I don't even know why I put this on here. This is a tough one. This, this is probably the toughest of all of them right here. Even shutting your mouth. That, that can be easy at times. Now you're asking me somebody 
Saul, you're trying to kill David. He has the opportunity. He's not going to do it. David did good, didn't he? He did good. There's my opportunity. Well, I can set this whole thing straight just like that. By the way, can I tell you something? Do you know how much damage I could do if I told everybody the real story? But not one person's coming after me. And if you do, you know what I'm going to tell you? It's none of your business. The same thing that I would tell them when they come and ask me about you. There are some things that a preacher, like a dad and a mom, never going to tell kids. None of your business. Ain't going to help you if you do. There are things that I know about people in here and people that have left. I'm never going to tell you. So I guess you have a choice then, don't you? You don't need to know who's saying what. What you need to know is your Bible and what to do. With chat with folks. That's all you need. Do good in return. We are instructed in the Bible, do not fight fire with fire. Now, we get upset because there are certain people in our church on a Monday, on Sunday morning, and they'll make say, I'll tell you what, they do that now, I'll punch them right in the face. And you go, oh, brother, look at them. You know there was a day I did that. I no more got saved and almost got in a fight with two guys just because they said something. So instead of you understanding the spiritual immaturity, now somebody cusses. I, I had a guy up here, this guy saying baptized. He come right up to him. Man, he started cussing like crazy. I just got stared, stared at him for a minute. He just got saved and baptized. And I mean, he had got this and F that. And I'm like, okay, man, take it easy. Do you know to some people, unlike some of you, I wish I was raised the way you were. Carl wished I was raised the way you were. Cussing is a way of life. They didn't know that. Preacher, you think it's okay? When have I ever said that? No, it's not okay. But a mature person would understand, oh, okay, you ought to learn. Maybe if I set the right example and lead them and guide them, they might be able to learn. I'm not talking about that kind of a person here. I'm talking about somebody's got a bad attitude, a bad spirit, and is out to kill and murder other Christians. We are instructed not to render evil for evil, yes? We are instructed, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, correct? We are instructed, if you love them that love you, how do we act in return when javelins are thrown at us. The only way to handle a javelin thrower, the only way to handle evil is not let it start burning inside of you. By the time you say unfriend, the only reason you unfriend, you already hurt him. And may I ask you please, you want to listen to gossip, don't come and tell me what people are saying. There's a reason I don't go online. I don't have friends. I don't chat and flutter and move everybody else on Facebook. Oh, preacher, you know how many apps are out there? No, and you shouldn't either. You act like it's a sign of intelligence. Yeah, I got the latest model and know how to do everything on here. Don't, look, you sound like you're bragging, but it's not. You're not bragging. You're walking into a trap. Don't even realize it. Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. It's the only way it can be done. Amen. Only way it can be done. Amen. There will always be those who are ready to throw javelins. Always. They'll always be there. But let us handle things biblically and rightly. You don't need to find out who all saying what to do that. find out you'll have your hands full. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the